Yes, yes. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, welcome to the Relationship Stuff 101. Yes, I'm joined this evening, excuse me, this afternoon by my lovely wife, Jasmine. Say hello. Hello, everyone. All right. The two subjects that we got going on today, uh, one subject is, what do you think kills a relationship faster? And the next subject would be Meghan Merkel and Prince Harry out. They're no longer a part of the royal family. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, so we're going to go ahead and take on this first subject and see what, you know, what will we think kills a relationship faster. The first topic that I want to talk about is no sex. Does having sex at all does that kill a relationship faster? No sex. Now, what we have to think about when we think about no sex, what is actually causing the people in the relationship to not have sex? You know, when you think about is there some physical changes that have happened with either of the people? Like hormones. <laughs> correct, correct. Is the, is the missus pregnant? You know, is the, the husband, is he having any challenges? He just lost his job. Is there depression involved? Are there other psychological factors that are causing this lack of sex to occur? Now, when you look at no sex, some people get to a point where they're actually not feeling the fire anymore. What has happened that this fire has went out? You know, you touch the oven, nothing is cooking anymore. You know, then people start to get into their moods and they start to get into other frustrating uh attributes if you want to say that that caused them to no longer want to be intimate then with this lack of intimacy other things start to take effect and the relationship does take a slight lean but with help from someone you know psychological help or talking to a couple therapists or you know a marriage counselor whichever one you are in that may help you get the fire back and you know take on this challenge of not having sex anymore so with that said, do I think that not having sex kills a relationship fast? Do I think so? I want to say not really because it's like a slow process. You know, after a while, you notice that you didn't done, you haven't done anything in six months. And then after a while, you notice you haven't done anything in two years. Now you start to question things. But the fact that you went two years and you're still in a relationship shows that the relationship didn't take a big blow. So does lack of does a uh, lack of sex kill a relationship? I want to say no. It's not the fastest thing to kill it, but it is a slow killer. You know. Right. So I want to, you know, what's your opinion on it? Um, I I, I do agree. Um, uh, it's definitely it, I, in our opinion, it is it's a slow killer. However, um, you know, others would consider it, you know, a, a big issue. Um, and we'll go as far as to talk about, you know, well, if I'm not getting it here, I'm going to go find it somewhere else, you know. So, um, and you, and it goes off of, you know, hormones, sickness, job stress. And one of our biggest things is the kids. You know, we have a lot of kids. So you have to find time to, you know, to get it in or, or whatever, um, you, you know, that's, that's going to happen. Um, but to me, um, if you're just not having sex at all, just because 
you're being lazy, then that's the issue. But if it's, uh, well, a conversation needs to be had. Let's first say that. Um, Y'all both have to sit down and talk about why it's not going on um, and just communicate. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I didn't, one thing I didn't think about and I failed to mention was uh, when you said, of course, you're saying the person just doesn't want to do it at all. You know, they got to a point where they did, I just don't want to do it. And you make the other person start to think, hey, am I unattractive? They do not find me sexy anymore. And then, like you mentioned, if I'm no longer feeling, you know, uh, sexual or sexy here for this person and other people are making me feel sexy somewhere else, that would be that push that person to go find that sex somewhere else. And that's the, you know, man or the woman. Also, what you brought up, which is very important, is kids. You know, trying to find a time to do things around your children. Never mind the fact when you have preteens around, you don't want to just try to do anything around them because you don't want the wrong message to be spread throughout the household with preteens listening in on things that, you know, they shouldn't be listening to. And when you have younger ba- babies, you know, they they become more, uh, they need more of your time. Let's look at it like that. Young babies need more of your time. They they need you to be there with them. They need you to, you know, comfort them and to hold them and attend to them consistently. And a lot of people can't handle the stress of dealing with plenty of kids, as we said, we have and trying to still be intimate. And you we know, have mom- an age range of kids from almost a preteen to a, a one month old. So <laughs> it, it gets hard trying to plan. And it's almost like when you have to plan, it takes the fire out of it. So you know, it's just a lot of things that go into um, into this topic right here. Definitely, definitely a lot of when you spend, like I just said, when you spend a lot of time planning or trying to plan to be intimate, it takes the fire out when you have a screaming baby who's hungry and who takes about an hour and a half or two hours to put to sleep. Now, think about that. Think about having a campfire and it's almost on its way to burning out. And that two hours could completely put that fire out. And you just think about that campfire being put out many times over. So now we go into psychologically understanding that the fire is not being put out because we're no longer attracted to each other. The fire is being put out because our parental duties are coming before. Um, you want to give any last thoughts on this before we move to the next thing or you know, are you done? Um, I think that's about it. Um, we can move on. Oh, okay. Right. The, the second one. Okay, lack of communication. Does lack of communication kill a relationship faster? Now, when we look at lack of communication, if you if you if you want to allow me to go ahead and step forward first. Okay. All right. When we look at lack of communication, lack of communication is like having a wood cabin and you have one termite at a time biting at your cabin. That's your relationship. Lack of communication See, this. let's look at it like this. A lot of people are okay with not talking in their relationships. We have people who become older, like in older relationships, the older man and the wife would be, you know, basically walking around the house and you don't never see no conversation. You understand? Some people's grandparents never talk to each other. And that dwindles down to the children where the children get relationships and their husband and their wives, they rarely communicate. Me and my wife, we communicate every day. I mean, we talk, we text every day. There's always communication. So, Even, lack of, mm-hmm. I wanted, didn't mean to cut you 
cut you off. But even with this communication, you have to, you have to even communicate about the hard topics. You know, we've had to communicate and have discussions about really hard subjects and, you know, you haven't loved me any less. I haven't have loved you any less. So, you know, um, it's not always a communication about good things. You also have to communicate about the bad things, like I just mentioned. Yes, you definitely have to communicate about the bad things. And you have to communicate about good things. Excuse me. That's when we, when we first met each other. I mean, I gave a lot of stories of relationships that I was in and people that I've dealt with. Some people might say, oh, no, that's a, you know, a red flag if the person is telling you about exes and people that they dealt with in the past. But that was my way of helping understand me a little more and who I am. And it's also being communicative, you know, from the start. I mean, I've been talking from the start. Sometimes I talk too much, (laughs) you know. You know, so from the start, I've been talking and I've been communicative and I've been expressing myself in ways that let my wife know, hey, this is who I am and this is how I am. And that that made a strong path of communication. Uh, When you're not communicating and you're no longer talking, the person you're in a relationship now is allowed to have idle thoughts. Now, with idle thoughts, we don't they, they can think many different things and many different reasons on why you're no longer talking to them, why you're no longer communicating with them. You know, are we beefing? Is there a beef? You know, did that fight last night we have caused this two weeks of non-communication to occur? So we're not, with lack of communication, it's a buildup to destroying a relationship because somewhere the, somebody has to break and say something. You know, excuse me as I walk into the kitchen. Could you hand me that knife over there real fast, even though y'all not talking? So there's some communication. Now, when we look at no communication, like y'all not talking at all, like there's nothing. Wake up in the morning, roll out the bed, nothing. Go into the bathroom, brushing teeth in opposite uh, opposite um, bathroom sinks, nothing. You know, you scooting out the way like y'all in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You don't even know the person? Yeah. Your relationship is on the way out. <laughs> yeah, because I've I've known couples that, well, especially older couples, like um, that's been married, um, fifty years, sleeping in opposite bedrooms. Like, well, y'all are not communicating at all. <laughs> y'all not even sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> right, right. So I mean, you get you get that a lot. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we I've seen and heard that too, and had different situations where the couple is in different bedrooms and different parts of the house, you know, somebody screaming from upstairs to the person and the the communication barrier is broken at that point. And when the children see that, you know, that shot in communication, the children get into relationships and they start having the same type of communication with their mates, you know, so where do we come together and try to find communication now I had a conversation with my mother some time ago, and I said, when people call you, you have to have a conversation ready. A lot of people don't have a conversation ready. you got a lot of dudes who create a great conversation when they first meet somebody, and they have no conversation after that. Like, you've made a conversation to get into the party, and now you're in a party and you're dull. You're not partying no more. Your communication is broke. So now you no, no longer know what to say. So it can also go into people, they don't know what to say past what they've created to get into the door. Now that they're in the door, they don't know how to keep it closed. I think that's a big pro- a big problem too. Yeah, but in all 
I don't think that uh, lack of communication will instantly kill a relationship, but it can definitely lead um, to killing it if if the other person is left to assume where they stand with you. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, that's like what you'll find you got to say on that one. Um, uh, that's, I mean, I, clo- I think I closed out on that one with that, you know, the communication basically being like molasses, you know, it, it's, it's slow, you know, it's always like lava, slowly burning down a village. That's basically what communication is when you lack it in a relationship. And somewhere it could be stopped. Somewhere some amount of water can be applied to stop that lava from destroying your village. So with that said, we're going to move on and segue into poverty. Now, do we think poverty is the fastest way to kill a relationship? Hmm. When you think about poverty, you think about not having money. You think about us being broke. Like we're at a we're at a situation where we're in low class, we're not in middle class, and we're at a place in our life where we feel less human together. So with that, it brings on a lot of anger and frustration, especially as we know a lot of men want to be able to provide for their families and do for their families. And no, we don't want our families to struggle. We want to be able to have money in our pockets. I don't know about a lot of men out there, but as for me, if I ain't got no money in my pocket, we got a problem, you know, so I got to do everything I got to do. Shoot, sometimes you're robbing the bank. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. But I think that with poverty, um, if you don't have the right person or the right mate um, helping push you farther, then you know, y'all will remain in poverty, but the whole point is to to push each other to do better. Go, hey, babe, you look, there's this, in a, you know, this job posting, send it to email. Y'all gotta, um, you know, just come together and motivate each other. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's a relationship killer because, you know, at the, if y'all are, you know, low, at your lowest, then that's the time to come together, you know? So it could be something positive out of that. Not, I don't take that as necessarily being negative. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I definitely wouldn't say it's negative either because if y'all started off in poverty together, you know, y'all already used to struggling. So you're going to, you're going to struggle together anyway. Now, the only way that I believe poverty would kill the relationship faster is if somebody was already rich and then they got with somebody who was low class. And then this person, they put the expectations in this person to get them richer or to put or to bring more wealth or to bring more money than was expected in the beginning. And this person's high expectations. Once that person became lower, you know, now they're saying, hey, I, I feel as though you're taking me down, too. I feel as though you're bringing me down with you and I don't want to be down there. Now, that goes into questioning whether or not the person was there to love you or was the person there to love your money. So, you know, that would actually be a deal breaker and a fast way to kill a relationship if the person is now downgrading you because you've hit a slump or, you know, or you've hit a pothole. Y'all driving down a smooth road and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a pothole. And now you're like, well, damn, I can't deal with my struts being broke. You know, now you look at that struts being broke, the way you walk, 
you can't deal with somebody interrupting how you move now. So now you want to leave the relationship because there's poverty. But as my, as my wife just mentioned, you know, if y'all are low together and y'all came in together low, you already used to it. So that's that's not a deal breaker at that point then. Well, if you're if you're at the bottom and just trying to stay at the bottom, because you know people get on welfare all the time and don't want to do better for themselves. So poverty equals stress. Stress is hard on any relationship or marriage. So you know. Yeah, definitely stress is definitely hard, and it you know it causes frustration, it causes anxiety. You know, a lot of times poverty causes depression, and the reason why I like to segue into poverty is because. That poverty, that depression, that stress, and the lack of communication also starts to happen as well. You know, so now we got all of these different things that are basically coming in together. You back up to the, everything we just talked about. Poverty affects the communication and affects the sex because mm-hmm. all of this different stress, you know, that you're adding on from being in poverty causes you to not want to talk, causes you to not want to have intercourse because you're thinking about how y'all going to get rich again. How are y'all going to get back to a point of feeling whole and feeling as though y'all are worth something? You know, poverty makes you feel worthless. It makes you feel like you're no longer somebody. You understand? So that's basically where we come at with poverty. You got something else to add on to that? No. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. So I guess we can segue into the uh, the next one. What do we kill? Things kills relationships faster. Here we go. Jealousy. Now, what do we think about jealousy? You want to start off or you want me to continue on flow? Uh, You can go ahead and start. All right. Now, jealousy. Also to me, jealousy is like I mentioned, that wood cabin with termites. Um, Jealousy, well, not really the wood cabin with termites. Jealousy is almost in your face. Um, That's like in your face problem or something that's a problem that's in your face. Now, if you're used to dealing with jealousy or used to someone that's, you know, recklessly presenting themselves to you in an uncomfortable manner, you would not understand how jealousy can destroy your relationship really fast. Now, we have jealousy and then we have extreme jealousy. Now, people, extreme jealousy, what you talking about? Jealousy is like Oh, I don't like you talking to her. I better not see you talking to her again compared to I don't like you talking to her. I'll stab you the next time or you get scratched in the face or punched in the mouth for talking to somebody who could potentially be a cousin or somebody or could potentially be somebody that's not that that's not taking that serious. But jealousy causes us to look at things differently. Well, I don't want to cut. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cut into what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I think with you saying oh I, she be, she better not look at you or you better not look at her mm-hmm. or whatever um i think a lot of times something's happened in the relationship and it's caused the jealousy some there's cases where there's it's just that individual is jealous just straight out jealous without anything well without in, incident but there's also a lot of times where the man or the woman, but mostly men will make the woman feel insecure. And then, you know, she's doing, you know, b- behaving jealous, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, you know, because it definitely, if something happens to cause a, a mark in your relationship 
or to put a strike in it, insecurity can definitely take place. Now, and being insecure definitely causes, you know, jealous reactions because we have to understand the two, you know, they couple each other. Insecurity and jealousy, they couple each other. Some, some, sometimes to a point where we get them confused. You know, insecurity means you're insecure in yourself, means, which means that you don't have that security that you are enough to keep this person around. Jealousy is basically means that you just downright don't want the person talking to nobody. They're yours. He's mine. Don't talk to him. You know, right. she's mine. Don't talk to her. You know, that that's just anybody that's of the opposite sex, you know, that looks like a threat. Now, some people would say, yeah, but that sounds like insecurity. Yes, because they couple each other. You see, and, and with jealousy and insecurity, they, they can cause, again, a lack of communication they can also cause no sex. You understand? Because the person, well, you always talking to other women, won't you go do something to them? You know, they're not indirectly telling you or inviting you to go do something with somebody else or giving, trying to give you that leeway to do something with else, someone else. May also open the door for them to go do something with someone else. Now, we're talking about a different conversation, but jealousy in itself killing the relationship fast. I don't know if it'll kill a relationship fast as much as it would just make it toxic. And there probably would be something that you can do to help it. And that would cure the jealousy. As my wife just said, if you have done something that's caused this insecurity or this jealousy, you know, maybe becoming a better person or making some promises and keeping those promises and doing things better, it might heal the, the thoughts of community, the thoughts of insecurity and the thoughts of jealousy, it might heal it. But if that person is just downright jealous, as as my wife also mentioned, you might not be able to heal that. That person might need some intervention. They might need to take a break in dealing with people and start trying to find, you know, who they are and, you know, find some security in themselves. That way that they don't flex this security and these insecurities and this jealous behavior off on other people. And also basically making other people seem as though they're the ones that are the ones causing these problems that are deep inside of them. You you agree? Yes. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in the, the next one we're going to segue into this, if it's all right with you, is arguments. Uh, arguments, are they the fastest way to destroy a relationship? What do you think? Um, are with argument. Let's see. Um, I think with a lot of people when they argue, um, I think they have a um let's let's see, they they misunderstand what an argument or discussion or disagreement is. It's not y'all two are a team, so it's it's not um, you know, y'all attacking attacking each other, you have to attack the problem. And come to an agreement solve it and move forward a lot of times in a relationship in a marriage it's it gets to where y'all are attacking each other y'all are cursing it goes to a physical level um it just goes it just gets out of control um if that's the type of argument argument you're having then yes it it can definitely kill a relationship fast in my opinion definitely definitely i agree with that because we see what we just got to understand about an argument um an argument is like if you're in court and you're on a trial for the trial of your life let's think oj simpson you know his lawyers 
and, and y'all probably know one of his lawyers real well, who was Robert Kardashian, um, and uh, what was his lawyer, Johnny Cochran. Those are his lawyers. When Johnny Cochran said to the judge, you know, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit, he was making an argument. That was an argument that O.J. Simpson did not kill Nicole. You know, now we're going to slide fast, get away from that real fast, which that's another discussion or that's another podcast. And we want to come back to that O.J. Simpson trial. But he believed, you know, from O.J.'s argument and O.J.'s confessions that this is not what he's done. And he presented this argument to the judge when he and Robert Kardashian presented this to the judge. There was also someone else on their team as well. I forget her name. It was a lady. Uh, I, I, her name is not coming to me right now. But when they presented a case to the judge, that was an argument. Now, at the end of it, OJ was found innocent. An argument has an ending. There, there is nothing else left after an argument. You make a point. You create a good, you know, backstory. You create um, facts. And you come with a plan. That's an argument. Now, when we think about a heated discussion, a heated discussion is just playing out disrespectful words to you, trying to belittle you, make you feel less of a person. You know, that's why your breath stink. That's why, you know, you, that's why your hair look wrong. You think it look right and it looks wrong. That's why you bullheaded for real. All of these other things that we see on a consistent basis, what people do on social media to one another, that's heated discussions. You know, trolls, that's what trolls do. Trolls try to get into heated discussions with you. That's different. Now, when we look at downright fighting, you know, when y'all fighting each other, scratching you on the face, you know, he's grabbing your throat, and y'all doing things of that nature, that's something different. You know, fight fighting is just totally wrong. You know, and if you're in that type of relationship, do we got we got that uh that hotline that they can call if they're in that, an abusive relationship? Yes, yes, I got you. It's one eight hundred. 799-7233. Again, that's 1-800-799-7233. And don't oh, yeah. hesitate to, to use it if you're in that type of relationship or marriage. Yes, definitely. If you're in an abusive relationship or abusive marriage or, you know, anything of that nature, and something you just reached, your person, you've reached a point where, you know, you've been in a hospital, you've had broken arms and you know, they're broken legs and just done anything that that's just slightly physical that can turn into something worse in the end. Definitely reach out to that hotline. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Hey, don't say no. He loves me. That's what he does to show his affection. No, nobody, nobody smacks you around to show that they're affectionate. You know, you're not getting smacked around if you're in love, if they love you. You're not getting choked. You're not getting beat down. You know, you're not getting stomped. You're not getting hit in the face. Love and blood do not match. They, they just don't look. They just don't look right. I know hearts are red and blood is red, but no, they definitely don't match. So definitely reach out and contact someone if you need help, and reach out to that number. Oh, you want to give them that number one more time? Sure. This one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. All right. So basically saying that argue arguments, yes. They definitely, arguments definitely, you know, they won't destroy a relationship real fast, but um, heated discussions will be like that termite effect on the, on the wooden house would eventually destroy the house. 
and that's what a that's what a huge discussion would do. And fights would definitely end a relationship really fast. So I think we can both agree that a fight, not an argument, would, would destroy a relationship really fast. Right. 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 And and even when um, you know, in our earlier days, uh, we we did a lot of that and right. That that didn't get us anywhere, and that's not if you if you say you love the other person, that's not what you're supposed to do. And a lot of people grow up in that type of environment and think that's what they're supposed to do, and right. that's just not that's just not okay. But I do think that it can it can definitely speed up the process of it killing the relationship. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And with that, we're going off that argument. We get into our final thing that could possibly kill a relationship fast, and that's cheating. Um, do you want to t- take the helm, or you want me to continue on flowing? You can, you can go ahead. All right. Now, when we look at cheating, now this is like one of the biggest things that people think about, and that comes into people's head when they start dealing with other people. That's cheating. You know, whether it's emotional cheating, whether it's verbal cheating, psychological cheating. You know, physical cheating, any type of cheating. Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about doing anything. Whether I was just looking. That's that's basically psychological cheating. Because why are you looking? What are you looking for? What are you trying to imagine? What are you trying to envision? Yeah, I believe um, there was like a meme floating around on Facebook before that I seen. It was like um, if you had to delete it, cover it up, hide it then that's the first step in cheating um you know um it turning it could possibly turn into cheating basically it was saying yes that definitely because see you see cheating is like a blow it's like the lo- the lowest thing that you can do is cheat on the person that you're in a relationship with is to go out and give your love and give your honor and give your respect give your time and give everything about you to someone else in violation to the person that you're already with. A friend of mine once said that if they cheat on you, there was never yours in the first place. Because what you have to look at, uh, this person's logic was basically saying that if this person stepped out on you that fast, they was never with you. They was never there with you. They were there. They're not actually in with you. They're actually in with other different um, forces that basically break break the barrier of what you think y'all have or what's going on with y'all. So cheating is definitely a blow. But see, the thing is that um, when we look at it, now I looked up the other day on, uh, I forgot the name of the website. Right now it's not coming to me. Where it's saying that, that, you know, the high percentage of people who do cheat are men of African descent. And the people who are more likely to cheat are men. You know, women are less likely to cheat than men. So men of African descent are more likely to cheat than women of African descent. And then it looked about age differences, like younger people who are married are more likely to cheat on one another. And a woman is more likely to cheat if things are not being fulfilled for her emotionally. And men are more likely to cheat just for sexual uh, purposes. And then you look at that as people get older and they start to feel low about themselves or they start to feel some type of insecurity, they're more likely to go step out on their partners and start to cheat as well. Um, don't quote don't quote me on most of that, but I'm you know I'm trying to And I think you did mention um 
if you didn't have both a uh, two-parent household, then you were more likely to cheat. I believe that's what she said, or it was the opposite. Yes, yeah, so if you were if you grew up in a two-family household uh, to a two parents, it, the article mentioned that people who grew up in a two-parent household were more likely to cheat. And it also said that if you didn't have, you had grew up in a single-parent household, you would cheat as well. Um, and I, I would definitely. When I put this podcast out, I would probably try to share the link to that uh, website. So don't quote me on that. But what the article was basically was trying to explain is that if you have both parents, you are more likely to cheat. But you you would think that if you have both parents, you wouldn't cheat because you would see the relationship that your parents have. If it's a good relationship, you would be less likely to cheat because you're getting a good relationship. excuse me, you get a good um, example of what a good relationship is like. If you have a one-parent household and this parent is not communicating with you and most of your logic is coming from the streets or coming from children or coming from what you're experiencing in, in you know, social media or in society, you'll be more likely to cheat because you don't have the education. It also talked about people with a lack of education. They're, they're faster to cheat. People who lack religion they'll cheat faster than people who actually are religious. Because when we look at it, we look at that person's religion as their stance. You know, this is who I am and my faith in my God or my faith in my religion is what keeps me here. Now, excuse me, the reason why I say my faith in my God is not to be disrespectful because many different people have different faiths and different sects. So excuse me if that sounds disrespectful, my religion, because there are many different religions out there. So those faith, that faith in those religions or in their gods is what keeps them from cheating on a mate because there's something bigger involved in that. You agree? Do you agree? Oh, I was waiting for you. I okay, didn't hear what you right. said. Well, for me, um, mm-hmm. I... Um, uh, with the cheating aspect, um, I think that does a killer relationship. Most people would just automatically say yes because it involves some, you know, a third party. Um, but I kind of think that if y'all sit down and communicate, one of the other topics, um, you know, first of all, you have to you have to come clean if you if you hide it and you continue continue to do it then i yeah that's going to wrap the relationship up um but i believe if you y'all sit down and talk about why it was done and the other person you know they have to um they have to be willing to work past it if they're not willing then yes it's automatically it's, it's a done deal but if the other person um, is willing to move forward and um, the person that did the cheating is um, you know willing to go to therapy and work on this themselves and obviously the person that got cheated on will also need to be involved in the therapy process because nobody wants to be cheated on um, and um, I guess it's just a matter of what are y'all gonna can y'all work for it can y'all work past it um, or are y'all just going to call it quits, if that makes sense? 
All right, definitely, because I mean, at, at the point of cheating, and when you do forgive, after you've been cheated on, when you do forgive, you know, you have to regain faith in the person. And then that's hard for a lot of people to do to regain faith. And now what I've never agreed with, and I've heard it before, and I've always joked with the uh, Keisha Cole song, I should have cheated. You know, we always hear, oh, are you cheating on me? Are you cheating now? And the person say, I'm not. But if you keep saying that to me, I will, I will cheat. Or if they get cheated on, then we get revenge cheating, which is basically illogical to me. If you get cheated on, the smart thing is not to go cheat back. It's not smart because you're not doing nothing but causing more of a toxic relationship. Let's let's look at it like this. You got a, a jar full of toxic waste. It's filled halfway. And your relationship would be destroyed if this jar made it to the top. So you going to cheat too, you basically added more toxic waste to the relationship when it could have been saved by you just forgiving. Now, if you don't want to forgive, that's up to you. If that little bit of toxic waste that has been introduced is too much for you and you can't take the smell and you don't want to, you don't want to deal with the toxication no more, you don't have to. Nobody's asking you to continue on in your relationship with a gas mask on. You don't have to do that. You know, but if you decide to forgive, that's where we're saying that it, it can't actually kill a relationship because I believe some people are in love to a point where if one person did step out in this way, that that person would forgive them, you know, and then create some type of uh, some type of standards now or some type of barriers around them that will say, hey, I've created these standards. Now you have to follow them. But I also have this barrier, you know, that you have to now break through because you created this wall of mistrust now behind cheating, you know, and also cheating in itself can cause the other things we even talked about. Uh, right. Cheating can cause an, a fight, an argument. Cheating can cause jealousy, as my wife mentioned earlier. You know, does cheating cause poverty? It may if y'all both had great jobs. And losing and, focus. Exactly. You start losing focus, you lose your job, you can end up in poverty. Um, does cheating have caused a lack of communication? Yes, it does. If, it's, if you cheat on somebody and they feel as though they can go out and start finding somebody else to talk to, they'll start talking to somebody else. They'll, that person will make them feel whole whole again and make them feel sane again. So, yes, there'll be no communication. And if that other person starts to make them feel whole and they rather communicate with that person, now you have no sex. And, you know, um, I, I'm going to um, double back to something mm. you just said. You said, um, like, revenge cheating. Okay, right. so I remember seeing a meme on Facebook that said, um, if you see him, if you find out he's cheating, sis, then match his energy. One band, one, band, one sound. That's that, um, you know, that line off a drum line. So I don't think that that would be smart either. Um, that just creates more tox- toxic, a more, more toxic environment. Then you have to think about the kids. The kids see this and pick up on it and all that. So it's a, it's just a big mess. So um, I think this is the ultimate. Um, it could be the ultimate killer. But with all the topics, I think that um, it's just how you handle it. And what do you want at the end of the day? What you and your partner wants at the end of the day, you know? So uh, what can you tolerate and... Um, you know, move. Can you move forward with with it? Definitely, definitely. Can you move forward 
with that? Can you move, can you go forward and go ahead and still look at this person the same? You know, could you still accept everything that was brought to you when you first start dealing with the person? And that causes re, that's rewiring, you know, and it's hard. And sometimes you need therapy for that. You need couples therapy. You know, you need to go see a psychologist or a psychiatrist because it could cause anxiety. It can cause depression. Um, then we go back into insecurity. insecurity. Yeah, mm-hmm. it causes the person to feel insecure and think that they're not sexy, think that they're not attractive. You know, they think that hey, am I overweight? Never mind the fact that if you go into the reason why you cheated, which is which would be a totally different conversation. I want to save that for a different segment. But, but if you want to have an example, you can, you know, tell the things. Um, well, like the example that we talked about that we were going to share um, with when we was in Jersey, um, you know, so if you want to share it, you can, if you don't, it's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, in the, in the case of, uh, basically when we were in, when we were in, uh, New Jersey, when we started off back in 08, I was still in communications with my ex-girlfriend and the communications that I was in the, in communications with her with, I took those to be, me trying to solve a problem, which was me causing a problem. The communication, which I thought was no problem, was actually what's called uh, physical, it's part of physical cheating. Now, some people say, no, you was just in communication. That's not physical cheating. It is physical cheating because it can lead to physical cheating. Well, it's also- I think, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. Cheating is what you all, you and your, the person in the relationship, Divines as cheating. So before you even get together, you need to sit down and figure out what y'all would consider cheating. Because some people don't consider, you know, talking to the opposite sex cheating or whatever. But you got to establish that with that person. Communicating with the opposite sex, I wouldn't say it's cheating unless you are communicating. Well, I mean, with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. like yeah. you know. Um, not communicating, but like you, you know, y'all define not having, not talking to the opposite sex on the phone or whatever like that, you know. So basically, yeah. anything that's going against whatever you all um, established in the beginning, right? And 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 and, 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 and uh, be clear, we're talking about talking to ex boyfriends or girlfriends over the phone because in the professional world, we'll be talking to people of the opposite sex all the time. We don't want people to get lost in what we're saying. Right. So you're trying to say, if I'm at a job and, you know, my boss is a woman or my boss is a man, I shouldn't talk to them. No, that's not what is being no. said. It's basically saying that if you're on, if you have a, okay, that can go into, should you keep your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend as friends, you know, or should you keep in communication with them when you start something new? Well, and that's basically what she's saying. My yeah. whole thought process, if you're going to keep them as a friend, why, if they're so, you know, right. such a good friend, why did you drop them off? So, right, you right. need to go back to that person. <laughs> right, exactly. So, that, that I mean, that's another conversation. We want to we definitely save that for another podcast because that's a whole nother understanding that people don't, don't have. They think, hey, if I'm keeping them as a friend, and we are actually still friends. There's nothing wrong with that. When in all actuality, there is something wrong with keeping your ex as a friend because it causes confusion for the new person that you're in a relationship with, that you need to keep this person around as a and friend. Insecurity. Yes. Again, yes. Insecurity, jealousy, you know, uh, lack of commitment. You know, we start to break these things down again. 
No sex. Are you having sex with them? Communication. Are you doing more communicating with them? You know, can having your can having your exes as a friend <laughs> cause poverty? I'm not even going to go there. But like I said, if it's something that's so detrimental that it causes a blow in your relationship and it causes and affects you to have trouble at work, yes, it may take you to a point where you're go- where you're no longer succeeding because you're too focused on what's actually going on at home. Um, once again, cheating definitely has a lot to do with jealousy. It, you would definitely have a whole lot of heated discussions, not not arguments, because you might have an argument when you come to a point where you say, hey, this is what we're going to do going forward, and this is how we're going to work things out going forward. And this is just a, this is the agreement and your argument of, I don't even know if that makes sense. Your argument of trying to keep a person you're in a, you're in a, you were in a relationship with as a friend wouldn't make no sense because you have to drop the person off. I mean, the person has to go. A lot of, but that person has to go. Especially if you had a sexual relationship with that person. Exactly. You know, even if y'all didn't have intercourse, they still have to go because there are emotions there that right. you not that you have to let go of. And like I said, that's a totally different podcast. I would like to spend a lot more time on that. Um, so, in in all, the, the the one, two, three, four, five things we think would uh, kill a relationship faster. I think that we agree on fighting, or do we want to say cheating? I mean. Cheating, cheating has put all five of the things into uh, perspective. So that cheating might be the fastest thing that could kill a relationship. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, unless, like I said, the, the, the people in it decide that I'm going to give it another chance, but it's going to take a lot of rewiring. But I believe it could kill things faster because it, it basically killed, you no, know, it killed the sex, it killed the communication. It puts you into poverty. You're jealous now. You can't stop fighting. And it's just it's just the number one thing. Um, so with that said, we're going to come off of that. I believe we, we touched on that. We agree, both agree that cheating is the fastest thing that kills relationships. So we want to go ahead now. We want to segue into the Meghan Merkel and Prince Harry story. <laughs> Um, I did some watching of some videos. I did look into the story a little bit, and I saw that Prince Harry was concerned with the media attention that he and Meghan Merkel was getting, and he says he suffers from PSTD when he has cameras flashing in his face, and uh, you know it brings back memories of his mom. For those who don't know, I don't know if you've been under a rock or you was born after uh. uh 2005 or you know anytime 2004 anything like that but you may not know or may know I don't want to seem as though you don't know Princess Diana who was his mother was killed coming from an event and they were her and her driver crashed inside of a tunnel while it was being chased by paparazzi so this this thing that has happened to his mother has caused Prince Harry to has caused Prince Harry to not want to be introduced to that type of lifestyle for he and his wife by being around the paparazzi. Now, there's also questions that they both, you know, exited because Meghan Merkel was, you know, being presented with a lot of racism from the British media, 
the British media was basically making her feel, you know, less of a person. They were bashing her while she was pregnant, and they wasn't doing the same to Kate Middleton. Now, uh, Kate Middleton is Prince William's wife, and she wasn't receiving the same backlash as Meghan Merkel. So she, it just made her feel as though she needed to exit and come back to her normal life. Never mind the fact her and her father has have a lot of has had a lot of challenges, and all of the, and the, and the media has you know attacked him as well. So, in your opinion, I mean, what do you really think made them leave and say, "Hey, the royalty, the the the, the castle, the the Duchess of this, the Duke of that"? I no longer want that. I just want a regular life now. Um, well, I think, well, I'm going to, uh, talk about a meme that it, it ties into this. I've talked about a meme that I seen on Facebook and it said, um, it's not really a meme, but it was more like a question. It was, uh, it said, should a husband stand up for his wife against, um, his family insults, which Mm -hmm. I feel like that was, that's what he did against his, his family and you know the paparazzi and and the people that you know that had something to say about um her ethnicity or whatever was actually going on um so i think he did a good i think he did i think he did what he was supposed to do as a husband um what any man should do period um do you have anything to add on to that uh, yeah, I mean, definitely kudos to Harry for that. You know, he looked at his family as being more important. Now, we got to think about this. We hear people talk about loyalty all the time on the Internet, and I believe a lot of people just throw that word out there to make people feel good about themselves. But when you look at loyalty, she was done. She had enough. She was ready to go back home. And he said, you know what? Babe, you're right. This... Just forget about this. We saw coming to America where Prince Hakeem said to the lady he was about to marry from Queens, you know, I can get this all up now, you know, just for you. And, you know, she just, nah, you know, she didn't want to give that up. But he said, you know, she said, I want to give this up. And Prince Harry was like, you know, my family is more important to me than being famous. It's more important to me than being and a prince. Let's make, let's make this clear. The family that he created, not the yes. family he came from. Yes. The family that he created, yes. The family he created with Meghan Merkel was much more important to him. And she's much more important to him than the royal family. Now, you have to really think about that. Some people would say to yourself, oh, he's crazy. You know, he gave up all the royalties. His family has been, you know, they've been strong for centuries. Queen Elizabeth is an idol. She's an icon and different things. Prince Charles is an icon. You know, many people got their own fancy words they got to say about him due, due to the Diana, the Prince Di- Princess Diana uh, debacle. But yeah, I mean, you, you, people start to put these people on a pedestal and to forget that they're actually people. And Prince Harry sees Meghan Merkel as a person. He sees her as the person that he loves. He sees his son. That's what he sees. He sees he sees sanity. He no longer wants the lights. He no longer wants the glit and the glam or any of that. You can even see any faces in a lot of the interviews or, you know, when they're out in the public. They just want a normal life. And I think they're searching for normalcy. And then they search for that. You know, they came to a point where they just said, you know, just forget it all. 
but I think you can kind of relate to that but not in the aspect of you know the Dutch or all that stuff like or Prince but because you know you moved away from your family for the family that you created so um yes how does how do you how do you feel about that because I know that y'all can kind of relate in that aspect because you're here away from all your family but it wasn't because they were attacking me or anything because they they've accepted me from day one with no questions so that's definitely not the case all right definitely and I definitely don't have no beef with my family I love my family to death I mean we both know I love my I love my extended family which is what that's called I love my extended family to death. I mean, you know that about me. I've always been a family person. Many people in my family know that about me. But what, one thing they also do know that when it comes to my immediate family, which is my wife and my kids, there's nothing I put before them. No job, no nothing. I mean, I, if I didn't have to work and I had to be home, if my wife said, I need you to be home with us and I, and I could make money some other way, I would do that and be home instead of being at work, because I don't put nothing above my family. So when it comes to the move Prince Harry said by saying, yeah, skip this royalty, I'm going to go be with my wife and my kid. Yeah, I could dig that. You know, and and now I would look at skip this royalty as saying skip Jersey City. You understand what I'm saying? Skip Jersey City, skip Irvison, you know, skip Elizabeth, skip New Jersey as a whole, because that state is not important to me. That city is not important to me as my immediate family. Now, I wouldn't want my family to think, like I said, that I'm saying skip them because that's not what I'm saying. I love my family, but when it comes to my immediate family, you know, everybody could kick rocks. That's regardless of who you are. And I can dig Prince Harry for doing that because he is, you know, like I said, looked at as a god to some people in Britain. That royal family, they cherish that royal family. So a lot of people are, I'm pretty sure, bitter but he don't care about none of that. He doesn't care about any of that. He don't care about how people cherish him, how people look at him or anything like that. He just cares about rather the fact that his wife is not going to have any more stress. She's not going to be under any more pressure. She's going to be able to feel normal. She's going to be able to grow a garden if she wants to. His son can have kids and he can be normal. That's what I searched for. I didn't care about the ghetto. I didn't care about the guns, the shooting, the fighting. I didn't want my kids growing up in that type of environment. I didn't want my wife in that type of environment. I wanted us to be in a place where my kids can play, you know, they can have fun and they can grow and they can perspire without a lot of stress, frustration, and anger. So definitely, yes, me and him can relate on that aspect. Yeah, I think it was more of that saying happy, happy wife, happy life. No, but we know the real saying is happy spouse, happy house. So yes. So, because it's not, it's about both of y'all's happiness. Because if she's not happy, he's not going to be happy. He's going to have to deal with the stress. He's going to have to deal with the backlash and all that. So, at the end of the day, um, he he made the right decision because he he's the one that's there dealing with, um, you know, Megan and the kids mm-hmm. and all that. Yes, definitely. He's the one who's, you know, taking it on. And you got to think, he's he's got his country. You know, his country is what he said, hey, forget this. You know, I'm not. You guys, come on. It's like I just saw him in a, in a uh, excuse me, in an interview with a reporter, and the reporter was getting a little bit out of hand, and he said, you know, come on, you're not, you're not like that. Don't do that. You're better than that. You know, and they felt like he was attacking them. Like, he's not attacking you. He's just trying to say 
guys, let's be humans here. Let's be straight up. Let's not do this. Let's not be destructive. Let's not talk about her. Let's not like make belittle her, but it's above him. Sometimes the tabloids become more important than people's sanity. And sometimes the fame could take over the person. And basically what he's saying is my fame is not taking me over. And these tabloids my wife and my kid. It's just not gonna happen. A lot of a lot of women was you know would search for a guy who would be that loyal and that honorable to them. You know what I'm saying? Now maybe it's because he's been so honorable and loyal to his kingdom and to and you know to his family, his royal family, that he was easily able to switch from that to her. So Meghan Merkel has become his kingdom. That's his queen. That's who he, not, I mean, I guess that's no disrespect to his grandmother, but that's his queen. That's his royalty. That's well, his I, palace. I also think that having the kid, having the, the was it, I forgot, a boy or girl. Well, anyways, the child. It's the son. Um, yeah, okay, the son. So he can relate um, kind of in the aspect of, you know, I have to protect my wife like I wish my mom was protected, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my son to possibly lose his mom like I lost mine due to, I think he said, um, the PTSD thing with his mom uh, running, getting in the, um, was it a car or something? She was yes. away from the paparazzi, yes. got in an accident, um, yes. and potentially, you know, that could potentially happen again, you know, and he has a son, and he just, he probably could foresee that and just just wanted to nip it in the bud before it even became a thing, you know? So, yeah. Definitely, definitely. definitely. Um, I, I, that's definitely it. You know, I can definitely, I'm definitely in agreement with that. I mean, I believe we covered a couple of good topics and had a real go- good conversation on both these topics. Uh, I wish Meghan Merkel and Prince Harry, you know, a, a life of sanity, peace and comfort. Um, you know, as far as the, the communication, there's no sex communication, poverty, jealousy, and arguments. Uh, anybody who's out there dealing with these things, hopefully that this conversation has enlightened you in some way or has um, made you get a little bit more information because that's what we're trying to do here, share information and share understanding. You got anything to say before we rock, before we close out? Um, No, that's that's about it. All right, guys. Well, um, as always, uh, we're going to try to bring this show to you on Fridays. It was going to be Thursday, but I switched it to Friday. So you can look for a show coming from us on every Friday Um, in the future. I got a lot of things that I'm trying to do as far as interviews and different things of that nature, probably preview some music. So um, just look out for that in the future. And as always, I'm going to close out with our understanding put with your understanding could create a greater understanding. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Peace.